0: (laughs) it's sort of gg no re it's today it's a it's a shallow roster we've got daniel and tim say hello hello why are there only two members and certainly the best members honestly but the reason is that we're doing a topical conversation because our schedules have been so messed up by the holidays and daniel being sick last time he had a man cold which prevented him from running a DD game you hate to see it. Failing those con checks, It's really a terrible, ludicrous display. But we are going to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a video game that came out last year and has recently been released on PC. And its relation Master to Race. tabletop gaming, D&D. And the, only, the reason only Tim is here is because he and I are the only people that have played it. So you, the these litters. are the opinions that you should care about so and fortuitously the best DD module reviewer bryce lynch at 10footpole.org has just released a review of red dead redemption 2 and he his was mostly negative negative. and while that's not going to be the focus of what we talk about we will address those points mostly what we want to talk about is things we found in the game their influence um, in their genesis from D&D and then how you can reincorporate them or modify the procedures that you use as a player or a DM to make your game better using Red Dead as an example. So, that's what we'll start to talk about. So, Red Dead Redemption, I've played through the start of the fourth chapter, which is like less than halfway through the story, I think. I think that's about right. I think there's six chapters and some epilogues. There's going to be no spoilers, by the way, in this podcast. So, if you've not played it yet, don't worry. I don't think We'll try not to spoil it anyway. No story spoilers. Maybe some, like, random encounter spoilers. Uh, Tim, you've beaten it, right? Correct. Okay. And how would you say... So, in general, it's a sandbox rock star game like Grand Theft Auto, but with horses and six shooters. So, you've got a large sandbox that you can explore pretty freely, as well as scripted uh, pretty much on-rails story missions that tell the story of a particular character. Like, there's no character creator, you're just one guy. And you go through that guy's story without much in the way of dramatic decisions you can make. Maybe there's some at the end that I haven't gotten to yet, but so far, not a whole lot.
1: I think that's basically how all their games have been. Yep. GTA and Red Dead Redemption 1. So, I mean, it's no, no shocker there.
0: So, that's the kind of game that it is. I, like I said, have spent... I'm not, I'm not halfway through it yet, but... Already I can tell it's one of my favorite games of all time. Maybe, probably top five. It's really, really good. Maybe I'm just a sucker for westerns and the kind of simulation-y stuff that it gets into. Um, that's something that's been criticized for a lot, having very slow, methodical pacing. A languid pacing, you might say, in all kinds of things. Both in the actions that you take and the game as a whole and its overall structure. Um, yeah,
1: it really, it really put me off at first. Um, and you know, we were discussing this, and you said you ran across somebody who used that term languid. Uh, eventually, I would say it was, you know, I would come and say it's very intentional. Um, and I can see it having its downsides for many people because of so many games I'm wanting to respect my time when I'm playing them because I play so many, and it's, you know, being an adult, you don't want to play games that waste your time. But in this game, because of its commitment to an extent of being simulationist, um, I really did appreciate all those little details that they put into it, and I, I grew to enjoy them, and I didn't begrudge them.
0: Yeah, that's my opinion as well. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and address some of the criticisms that Bryce gave, and we will link to the article in our show notes page, which should be ggno slash 182, and We've already discussed a few of them. Hey, animations were slow and tedious, which is true. Getting off and on your horse is not nearly as quick as it would be in other games. Like when you skin animals, there's a whole animation that goes through that. When you loot bodies, oh, yeah. you, you don't just press a button. You have to pick yeah, them o- up.
1: Opening doors, you know, looting the, uh, dressers and cabinets. and I mean, everything is going to have an animation to it, pretty much. Um, and you can't skip those things. Which, but I I, 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 got his criticism because at first I was just like, oh gosh, come on. But as I really got into the world and started appreciating the stories, and and I was just, I was just diving into it and getting lost in it. I was like, it helped to create that immersion for me.
0: Yeah, and, and the tedium makes you focus. I think like you yeah. can't just go hunting random things because you think, do I really want to spend 20 minutes on this hunting trip? And I can only fit like one big skin on my horse.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like, I can't just go hunting a bunch of stuff. It's like, Hey, I, I, I happened to happened upon a three star, you know, elk or something. And I want that, you know, and I got it. It's like, well, I can't just keep hunting <laughs> like, I yeah, gotta, gotta
0: go back home yeah, I gotta and, take it back and I like and I, that because and I, can't,
1: I can't fast travel like I gotta take it back
0: <laughs> yeah. and that enforces the same kind of decisions that you would make if you were there which is the simulationist exactly. impulse which if, if you I can imagine playing this game for like the fourth time or something you would just detest that because you just want to carry on yeah. with the game but at least for a yeah. first time playthrough I'm loving that but your patience will be tested I suppose
1: yeah, and it's even to the extent, I mean, you know, on the simulationist perspective, it's like, you know, you put that that giant, uh, you know, pelt on the back of your horse, you know, if, it's to the extent of if you wade through deep waters of a river, like that thing will come off if you go too deep in the water, it'll come off and it'll start floating down the river and you got a retriever, you've lost it. Or if, you know, you something happens and you get waylaid on your way back and your horse freaks out and, you know rears up it's gonna fall off and you gotta remember to put it back on there you lost it that happened to me once or twice like i just didn't realize it came off
0: oh yeah so it, it, i guess it. one of
1: those assumptions that oh it's it's gamey you know i put it on there and that's good I'm, i am i basically have it now that i put it on my horse nope you actually got to return it before or you could lose it.
0: Yeah, I had an, an ambush. Uh, I won't specify the details for spoiler reasons, but I was on the I was on the road and this gang, their gangs in various, or factions, like you'd have in a hex crawl or whatever, uh, that will ambush you on the road in various ways. And this one way they did it was specifically designed to spook my horse and make it rear up and drop me, which it did, <laughs> and the big pelt I was carrying. And then all these guys came out from the woods to shoot me. So it, it uses the simulationist mechanics in gameplay dynamics really well i think
1: yeah there's good synergy between them
0: uh bryce also mentioned technical issues on pc which is totally true no doubt it was a big problem but it's been out for like a month now as of this recording and mine runs just fine and yeah i I, I
1: saw i saw something come up in the feed my news feed today that said they issued yet another patch that supposedly has fixed a lot more issues but i mean yeah I i played for i probably played it for two two solid weeks maybe um i probably put in 60 plus hours but i mean i had a lot of crashes to desktop you know like everybody else so but eventually towards the end you know my last 20 hours or so it was pretty stable but yeah that's a uh, it's unfortunate that it had such a rocky uh release you know for a port that is a technical marvel honestly um it's it's just a
0: beautiful uh game but yeah it's a it's a definite pc burden (laughs) like i mean i was doing everything i was searching for tips i was going into game install files and deleting certain uh, files with certain extensions and like all the workarounds that you have to do in a horror scenario i have had to do but now it's ironed out so if you get it on steam when it comes out later uh you should be good uh another thing that bryce mentioned were poor poor rewards that's how you pronounce that in english for mini games and side quests which is totally true but yeah, I don't care.
1: Yeah, the, the you know the mini I'm thinking mini games you know poker, uh based games, um the knife, um
0: one five finger fillet.
1: Yeah, five finger fillet that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not there's it's not really worth doing other than for challenges if you want to get the achievements I guess. Um
0: yeah, I just had fun doing them sometimes. But
1: yeah, I try I tried them out just to see what it's like.
0: If the but, rewards uh, were too good, people would just play poker all the time to get money. So right um for true i see why they don't do that but i found and, the, the the hunting quest that you do you do that for cosmetics basically with some mechanical right. incentive but cosmetics were enough for me like there are ways to upgrade your camp it was with, with stuff that's even as dumb as putting a pelt over a log but that's that's all the incentive i need i want a pelt on a log
1: yeah they some of them like i got some of the early ones um the low-hanging fruit but Towards and I really wanted to be able to upgrade everything. Cause that's just kind of my tendency when I play games. But at some point, I was just like, "Yeah, I need to find." F- I need multiple times. I need to find you know four level, you know max level deer pelts or something like that. I was like, eh, "That's a lot of." There's a lot of games I have in my back my backlog, so I didn't want to spend too much time doing it. But I did appreciate it. Like I, I, I scrolled through like all the different um like if, I, if you go to the the hunters that can give you um you can turn in the legendary uh animal pelts too yeah the trapper yeah the trap yeah that guy uh and you can look at the different outfits like they were cool i like them and i was like oh man that'd be that'd be fun to have like if i was going to play this for you know like go into online or do it more than just the story uh that would be fun to do but uh, you know it's not the kind of game that i felt like i didn't want to dive into that deep into it um so, but, you know, if it was more, if it was, gave you mechanical, significant mechanical benefits and stuff, maybe in more RPG heavy games would, then that's, that would incentivize me to do those kind of things.
0: And the last thing he talked about was uh, how the story missions are on rails. And that's also completely true. Uh, a lot of times it will take agency away from you, like make you do a certain tactic, like go in a house or stay out of a house, and fail you if you don't after a certain time of relapses, or it'll reduce your armory. You can't carry in the weapons that you normally would use and that kind of thing. Uh, and there's not a lot of choices that you make. As far as I know, at, the, at least through half the game, there haven't been a lot of choices. But that doesn't really bother me. That's, that's how all the Rockstar games are. I wish that it weren't that way it is basically like a interactive movie that you get to do a sandbox in between movie segments. And because the sandbox action is so good in between the cutscene story missions, the story missions being on rails doesn't really bother me as much as it otherwise would. Like it's, and that it is a linear story, but it's linearity is broken up by being overlaid on this completely nonlinear interface that you're dealing with most of the time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm definitely more, I think, uh, amenable to on story stuff. I don't mind it as much. Uh, honestly, the sandboxiness, I, I get flustered by too much sandbox. I'm not a big fan of having too much freedom because then I get overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But um, I did appreciate it, it. It had a nice balance for me. Because there were times where I might just be wandering around and see stuff and I just I wanted to enjoy the the world because it was so well crafted and I was like, Well, I'm just gonna hunt now and I'm gonna do this stuff and oh I got came upon this random uh quest on the or, or encounter on the road and I would follow that rabbit trail and just do it and it was fun and enjoyable. And then I and then there'd be a point where I'd be like, Okay, I feel like I wanna advance the story now because I, I understood that it was It wanted me to just do this toy, do this one, do this one, do this one. Um, And yeah, there weren't really any choices, uh, but it was still, I thought it was a decent story and I I liked all the characters. There were some characters I really liked and there's some where I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see you get yours kind of a thing. Um, So, and in the end, just my overall take on the story, especially with the main character, I loved what they did with the main character and his overall arc.
0: Um, Well, I'm looking forward to that. I will have to see. That's what I've heard from everybody.
1: And there's there's some nice surprises that I just, man, I loved it. So
0: So let's move into talking about comparisons between Red Dead and Tabletop. So the first is the setting. I think Westerns are perfectly usable for D&D conversions because they're actually technologically not that much different from medieval settings with the addition of sometimes electricity and guns but other than that, it's pretty much the same
1: and or fantastical piece
0: yeah yeah uh because you you can do the same kinds of things like this whole hunting cycle so the way it works is you're out in the world you're on the sandbox you're hex crawling you're point crawling whatever and you could imagine that the dm In addition to whatever encounter tables he has maybe if you don't get a random encounter you get a wildlife encounter as your null result so instead of nothing there's wildlife that you see because there's always wildlife like at every second when you're out in the world so if you were going to do this on a tabletop you would have to have a secondary table or preferably use a generator so it was instantaneous but there's wildlife of various kinds appropriate to the biome that you're in and they have certain rarities modified by day night cycles yada yada and each one of these can either be ignored you can just say there's a herd of deer moving through or you can engage with them to hunt them you might want to hunt them because uh, you can sell the pelts and materials or you can use them to craft certain things so you put an npc in your game that will craft relevant clothing items from creature types whether they're monsters or normal fauna and a cool thing it does is it gives rarity and quality ratings to the different creatures and you can from one to three stars and that affects everything like their price and so forth and you could randomize that easily once the once you interact with a creature or observe it for a while so i mean all that could just be ported straight in without much trouble at all to have this additional layer to your wilderness where you can do hunting if you want or at least know what kind of wildlife is around there i don't know if I did that, I don't know that you guys would really care about it, unless the money was good. But even then, I don't think you would really. I don't yeah. think we yeah, would want to que- spend time interacting with that, though. Yeah, would, I think
1: we- the question would be like, what What can we gain from a low quality versus a high quality? I mean, it, to spend time of it, to spend time on it, it, I would think the the benefits would really need to be substantial.
0: Yeah, I I, I can yeah. just imagine me saying, "There are Rolls dice." Wait, here we do sound effects here. There are uh, 3D6 deer. Uh, what do you do? Well, we just continue to the dungeon. That's probably yeah.
1: what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, unless I need rations or something because, you know, I'm out of food and because I'm out of food, it's going to have this penalty upon me, you know, that's going to be bad. Because like in Red Dead, you know, if you're if you haven't eaten in a while you know your core goes down which affects how quickly you can regenerate your health or yeah. your stamina or and whatever
0: you, you could do a similar mechanic by like in 5e you at short rest can spin hd to regain hp you could have a negative modifier to that role if you haven't eaten in a while or a positive one if you've eaten good stuff you know you can right. do stuff like that but yeah it's just D is so fantastic that just doing mundane hunting is probably a waste of your time yeah, um, unless the player specifically requests, I want to go hunting now. Or unless you're doing like a like a what do you call stone age game, and you're just that's what it's all about. I think there was there was one called Wolf Packs and Winter Snow that came out not too long ago. That could it could make sense for there. Uh, but that's I we've just described the mechanics that you would need. I mean, just write them down. You're good, and it, it works really well. Sometimes you ignore hunting, but other times you go for it because it's just what you need right now. I just want to have some fun. Um, yep. The story and campaign. We've already talked about how it works in the game. Is this something we would want in a role-playing game? What do you think, Tim? The way it's implemented, you know, where you just have, like, a marker on the map, so the DM would just say, whenever you guys are ready, this guy has a quest for you, basically, or literally give you a quest card, and it's just out there. uh,
1: I mean, I know in video games, I like it when there's a clear indication of, okay, if I want to make progress on this game as a thing... Like this is what I need to do, but if I want to experience other stuff, which could be rewarding or interesting, but is not necessarily going to progress my, pro- you know, through the actual game from point A to point B, I like that in video games, just because it just helps me gauge, you know, how much is there for me to do, and I like knowing. Like, okay, I've done this much and have this much to go and I can and then I put that on my mental list of how close am I to finishing this game so I can get to the next game. But I still enjoy it as I go. But I don't know, In in, in a tabletop I don't know. I think in a tabletop I still like clear indicators of okay, this is this is most likely the thing that that I need to do if there is a overarching story campaign, whatever. I do like to that to be obvious. I, I don't think I like it when It's just like, okay, well, you arrived in town. There you go. Now it's up to the players to be crafty and and ask questions and figure it out. I mean, I can see that as being fun if it's, oh, it's player skill, but at the same time be like, well, what if we're all just a bunch of idiots and we just never do anything? Well, eventually you're going to throw us a bone. It's like, well, maybe just give us a clear indicator of, you know, yeah, there's stuff to do if we want to do it, and we can just do the normal Goofy stuff that D and D players do, but it's also obvious if we want to get those hooks and then um, and then act on them.
0: Yeah, I th- I think there's a gradient of ways it could be implemented. Like the very the most hands off way I was thinking about is when players enter a new town, you give them nodes or handholds that they can grasp onto that are clear indicators of their stuff this way like the most obvious thing is the tavern so you could just put a card out there or a note or just say if you are having fun doing the side quests or just hex crawling and exploring carry on but if you're ready for new stuff to be interjected go to the tavern and you'll get rumors and that kind of thing or yeah or let's say you're in a campaign where the pcs are all members of a like insurgent militia and they're, they're carrying out raids and attacks against the occupying force or something like that, like the elves. The elves are occupying you or whatever well you could just if there's side content out there like you've got an open world sandbox kind of thing with dungeons that you can go and get loot and level up to better fight the elves and maybe you want to do that for a session but i could see where you could have like quest cards or just a note of the map or something where the players know at any time they can clearly say no i want to go do a raid against the elves and this is the raid information and i can just press that button and we're shifting modes of play right now you know what i'm saying
1: yeah it's like in the witcher was like oh we had your main quest markers that you would always have and you knew where to go or maybe you want to go to the bounty board and that was you you knew stuff on the bounty board was always side content Uh, yeah or if you just explored you can also just explore Uh, but you always knew okay this is this is the obvious place to go next if you if you want to do that
0: so the next i i think we've we talked about oh and the Story missions in Red Dead are very scripted on rails. You can easily fail them by thinking creatively. So that's not something we would want at all. But, I mean, you can imagine Red Dead missions not being that way the problem is that the games are so expensive and they have to craft dialogue that's motion capped for every single result so they don't want to have to deal with those contingencies so that's why they do it that way but you we in tabletop you would just spring a situation on somebody and see what happens even if it was a planned story encounter so uh random encounters there are random encounters just like in a tabletop game in red dead you're going along and then the system will determine that you encounter x guy on the road and then something plays out i Love these so far. They're great. <laughs>
1: yeah, they were they were always entertaining, and I, I almost always engaged with them. There were only a couple times toward the end where it happened, and I was just like, "Nah," I'm just like, "I've done this variant before, and I don't want to do it again." But that was rare. Like there weren't many times where it was just an obvious repetition. Um, there were some, but there were there were there were lots of different kinds that always made me interested to just stop and do it. And and sometimes it was there was it was a re- it was a variant of a certain type, but I felt obligated to do it because so I was like, well, I feel like I should because I'm choosing this path for my character and my character would do this. Right. Um, and, it, and they were not tedious so so much that felt like it was a burden to do it.
0: The, the types of them are interesting. There's They're almost always interactive in some way, but not always. So sometimes there's just a point of interest along that you can easily detect from whatever path you're on. Uh, and there's just good stuff there. There's just stuff to loot, and that's it. Or someone, you go to interact with them, and they just die, and then you can loot the body. So there, there's situations like that. There are also situations that are tricks, where some people appear to be friendly, but then try to kill you and take your stuff. Uh, There's there's purely hostile engagements where you just get ambushed. Sometimes with no indication, sometimes uh, you see an encampment and get the element of surprise, and can engage with them however you want which those are really fun. I almost always do those, even though if I say I, I recognize the type now and I say, oh, this is one of the ones where you see the enemy gang and you can engage with them on your own terms. I still do those lots of times just for fun and because it's I feel like that's what my character would do. And then uh, there are other types where you have to make a choice between how to deal with someone. It's usually not that complex, like do you help the person? Do you have a particular item that would help the person? And then later you'll see that person in town and they might follow up with you and give you a reward or say thank you, which is nice. You can do that kind of thing in your own games.
1: Yeah, that's how early on I got one of the weapons I used for a good while. My first long-range semi-sniper rifle with a scope. Yep, it's like I, I, helped, I helped a dude and you know he, he was like hey I got credit at the store get anything you want I was like well I'm gonna get the most expensive rifle I can get <laughs> <laughs> yep. and I got it and used my own money to
0: put a scope on it and I used that for quite a while and the the other type that I like is when there are factions that will have their own interaction that plays out whether you intervene or not. And those are great because uh, you can sit and watch, but, you know, the longer you watch, the more out of control things will get and you might not be able to influence the outcome to your desire. Mm -hmm. So there's a tension and it's complex, which is good. Uh, And you can do that easily in your D&D games, have the factions of bandits or whatever or monsters be talking or working something out or making a trade or fighting or whatever kind of thing. So all these random counters, when you play the game, you should be able to port them over one by one or one to one to your D&D game. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is simulationist mechanics. So there are a ton in Red Dead, in addition to the animations, which enforce a kind of simulationism by making things take a long time and therefore making you decide whether or not you want to waste the time doing them. We do have some things like that in D&D. Like we know if you engage a particular game procedure, you're going to be there for a while. Like, Do I really want to have this fight on a grid? Because if I do, I'm going to spend the next at least 15 minutes doing this in real time. Um, But it has other simulation mechanics as well, like cleaning your guns. They degrade over time with use and with wear. So if you keep them out in your hands when you go through a river, I think it degrades them faster. If you keep them out in the rain, the same thing. Um, And then you have to spend a resource, which is gun oil, which you can only carry so much of, and spend time literally mashing a button to clean the weapon off. Uh, to restore its functionality. Same thing with like, when you take a bath, you have to keep mashing the button. Uh, skinning requires you to get down off your horse, go mm-hmm. to the animal, press the button, get the thing, pick it back up manually, put it back on your horse manually, and then get back on your horse. So these things, like I said, they are already divisive in real life in the game. So I, I don't mind them, but I think if you use something similar, in your tabletop game, you're going to get the same divisiveness from your players.
1: Yeah, I think in a in a tabletop where it's all just, you know, mostly you can say like, oh, well, I do this. It's not a complex thing. I'm, I'm just going to do it and I need to spend time doing it. You can just kind of skip through that. Like you can just say you do it. Like, there's not a reason to have a mechanic for it and roll on it. I mean, unless you just want to be really hard-nosed about it. So in a tabletop, I would be like, nah, that's fine. I don't really care about it. Uh, but in this game, even though in most games it might irk me in this game, it was done well enough, you know from a technical standpoint, you know, with animations and stuff like that that I at least appreciated the work that went into it, so I didn't mind it as much, I guess, and it added to the overall experience because it all worked together to create the the immersiveness in the simulationist perspective you know they were they were consistent you know if, about it.
0: Let's think about if we had A mechanic where you could skin monsters to get rare parts and if we made that process take a long time is there like to say instead of just you say you skin the monster here's what you get off of it or maybe roll on the table here's what you get off of it would there be any benefit to saying okay first we see you getting down there breaking out the knife and doing the skinning where do you skin it from make a skill check (laughs) like i mean and continuing to go through that process like would there be any benefit to that
1: Only if there was like something really good I could get out of it. Yeah. Why do I want to spend my time doing this? And you know, either you make it a requirement for some other overall mechanic that's in the game, like where I can't avoid it and I got to do it to some extent, at least the bare minimum, or if it's optional there needs to be some sort of incentive for me to want to spend the time bothering with that.
0: I think there's a big difference also between this being a single player experience versus multiplayer, Yes. when there's a bunch of people sitting around waiting for this to happen. If you've got six wolves to skin and each one is going to take a minute in real time, that's just going to get unsupportable, I think. Yeah. So I, I think in tabletop, this is one situation where these mechanics that at least are partially effective in a video game just would be terrible and tabletop. I just I think you should just do a skill check and be done with it. It's terrible. Terrible. And there are rumors of a medieval Rockstar game. Rockstar is the studio that made this game and GTA. Thoughts on that? I think it would be amazing. It would be like, like I said, Westerns are already so close to being medieval that an actual medieval game with swords and bows and magic and stuff would be spectacular. <laughs> I mean, this game is already good, so if you just skinned it, to be in medieval times and have dungeons it'd be great.
1: Yeah, if they were able to bring the same quality to something fantastical, I'd play it.
0: Yeah, I had this experience in in Red Dead where I found I this is not a spoiler because you are uh you're a horrible you're like a sociopath if you design a map that has a waterfall in it and there's not a cave behind the waterfall <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i went i was there i went through such a cave and you have to use a lantern for like decrement your torches okay guys you had to use a lantern and it was extremely spooky at that spoil cave was it.
1: so old school dnd I,
0: I i don't Man. want to spoil anything about what's in there if there's anything in there i don't want to spoil it but just simply having a light and navigating without a map was it was great. Like it made me apprehensive, and I hated being there, but I also enjoyed my and the commit. And I was paying attention to everything in there, like like the artifacts of human civilization that may or may not have been there. I was thinking, like, what does this mean? What does this signify? I'm about to get wrecked because I'm seeing this random tool on the on the ground. Anyway, it was great. So
1: did you did you look for the did you know and or look for the treasure that was in that cave?
0: i did not have anything leading me to the cave i was just exploring and went into a cave
1: i'm just gonna go ahead and say there's a treasure in that cave and if you actually looked for it like trying to find it and where you have to go to find it man it was (laughs) nerve-wracking and claustrophobic
0: we'll have to talk off the cast about if i found what you're talking about i don't think i did but we'll have to we'll have to chat but yeah the process of exploring that cave was amazing and it's what exploring a and d cave should be and sometimes is like. Uh, the main difference is that I don't think we make D&D caves as claustrophobic as real caves in this cave is because you're always crouching down or squeezing through and when you get to an open space, it's a relief that, oh, I can finally not freak out about <laughs> being squeezed in and extremely yeah. vulnerable at all times. Because
1: I, I think most D&D caves are they're trying to keep it, they, they're designing them with lots of encounters um it, taken into consideration and they're like well if you got to have an encounter you gotta have open spaces so they make a lot of open spaces in their caves quote unquote
0: yeah and veins of the earth does tries to get at this as well um verticality is very important and just being really unsure if you can go down safely and get back up somewhere like am i gonna fall off a yeah. slanted place into a pit that's bottomless like is, is there gonna be a rock slide if i do this it's it's, it's just it makes just walking around an extremely dicey <laughs> dicey dicey affair mm-hmm. so yeah highly recommended at least for the the cave exploration I think that's all of our that's all of our talking points that, that we had do you have any closing thoughts Timotheus
1: uh other than it's a pretty dang good game I highly recommend it um if you are don't have a lot of patience for the open world stuff the sandboxy stuff which I generally don't just go straight to the to the missions and do it. I think it's worth it, and it's fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's going to be pretty cheap on consoles by now, and by the time this episode airs, it should be relatively stable on PC. Uh, I have spent most of my time not doing the story and just messing around in free play sandbox mode and i've been loving it and i love the the story so far too it's just so much better than most games the writing is better the voice acting is fantastic animations yeah. are great so it's just high quality product and if, if you get sick of not hearing enough gg nori alabamia content with this kind of twang you can just boot up old red dead and hear uh hear all the southern accents you want to
1: sure i reckon gg <laughs> nori